On this beautiful summer's morning, we're going to turn to John, John's Gospel, chapter 3. Continue our studies in the early teachings of John the Baptizer and of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we come to this very well-known chapter, and we're going to read uh, some of it this morning. John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, 
neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. And if we said nothing else this morning and ended there, we would have said an awful lot. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 8 He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so we come to what is probably the best known passage in the New Testament in the whole of the Bible. That verse John 3.16 is the gospel they say in a nutshell. We know of course that John the baptizer would eventually be cast into prison. But the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus occurred before this tragic event took place and when John eventually was beheaded. If, we go, if we'd gone on to read in verse 22, uh, we would have seen that these things that came, that Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he tarried with them and baptized. John also was baptizing in Enon near to Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized for John was not yet cast into prison. And if we go on further as we mentioned uh, last week, I think it was in John 4 too, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples. Jesus didn't baptize anyone, it was his disciples who were baptizing. After these verses, the events which we spoke about previously took place when the disciples of John queried him regarding purifying. And he announced the position he held as a friend of the bridegroom. And then he went on, we, we went on to look at the time when the disciples of John asked why, although they fasted in accordance with the law, why did our Lord's disciples not fast? Jesus made clear that he was the bridegroom of whom John spoke then went on to explain that the law was passing away but the days would come when the bridegroom should be taken away from them and then they would fast so we see that this discussion which Jesus had with Nicodemus was early in the ministry of our Lord for this fact it is important to see that this private discussion we see it as a basis of all future teaching from Jesus. It was 
core that he started with. And this man Nicodemus, his name means victorious or conqueror. And if you read through scripture, you know in the end he was brave. Not afraid to go to ask the body of Jesus and uh, with, with Joseph of Arimathea. And he was not afraid to declare his allegiance to Jesus of Nazareth. So he was victorious and he was a conqueror. Some people think that he was the brother of Josephus. Josephus ben Gorion, the well-known writer of uh, the Jewish wars and their uh, history. He's only mentioned five times in scripture and all in, in John's writings. He, in John 3 his name comes up five times and once each in John 17.5 and John 19.39 the final time we hear of Nicodemus. He brought spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Yet because of this man and his genuine desire to speak with Jesus. We have one of the most helpful chapters in the Bible. John 3.16 and those subsequent verses. And the main expression that Jesus came up with. He must be born again. But this passage is not without uh, some controversy unfortunately. It says here, Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees. When we read through scripture in the New Testament, the Pharisees get a bad press in many events in the, in the Bible. But no doubt, there were men of their company who were sincere and so genuinely to follow the teachings of the law to the best of their ability. However, the self-righteous ones seemed to be in the majority. John, in Matthew 3, verse 7, he says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And Jesus said of the Pharisees in, in John 8, 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceedeth forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? 
He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Very strong language from Jesus about these self-righteous Pharisees. They were one of the strictest of the sects within Jewish religion. And having said that, they did have some regard for the coming Messiah and to all the writings in the Old Testament. They believed in the doctrines of angels and spirits and the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees denied that fact. But yet they were the implacable enemies of our Lord. And it's probably strange then when we realise that this man, Nicodemus, was one of the Pharisees and he desired a conversation with Jesus. He was a ruler within the Jewish circle. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. They were, they, they were there's where the doctors met, the doctors of the law, the wise men, the priests and the Levites and the elders of the people. They met. And he was a dignified person, a master of Israel. Now this man came to Jesus by night. And you know, many sermons have been preached as to why Nicodemus came by night. Was he afraid of his fellow Jewish leaders? Was he afraid that he would offend some of them? Was it because of the miracles Jesus did? Or perhaps he was too busy to come by day? Speculation is pointless. One thing we know, he came to Jesus. And this is the most sensible thing anyone can do. These days people go to anything. They go off to India, to gurus. Meditation, yoga, pagan practices. Dressed up as Christian faith. Labyrinths. Doctrines of men and of devils. Anything and anywhere. But not to Jesus. The one who said... To this world which is suffering, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. I found it so, I found it so. He leadeth me by day and by night where living waters flow. Many can testify to the saving power of Jesus in their lives and to the comfort he brings to them through his Holy Spirit. I came to Jesus as I was Weary and worn and sad, I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. And then the conversation starts. Rabbi, 
recognize Jesus as a teacher. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. This was quite a declaration from a man who was a Pharisee and the sect disliked Jesus intently. But he says, we know. No man can do these miracles that thou, thou doest except God be with him. And he admits this right from the start. And, and this announcement in some ways makes the Jewish antagonism, the Jewish leader's antagonism to Jesus uh, spurious if they accepted Nicodemus' statement. Why, if some members of the Sanhedrin accepted the fact that no man could do the miracles that Jesus did unless he came from God and God was in the whole thing, and yet they had this antagonism, brutal antagonism to Jesus. Nicodemus would know how the promised Messiah would be a teacher. Those verses which Jesus repeated in the synagogue in Nazareth. Isaiah 61 verse 1. The spirit of the Lord Jehovah is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken hearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He knew that. But maybe he was just the exception on the Sanhedrin. And that's why he came. To get an answer from Jesus. And after making that statement, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered him and said unto him, we do not hear Nicodemus asking a question as such, but that was unimportant. In verse 3, Jesus immediately moved to his favorite subject, the gospel of the kingdom. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot enter God's Heavenly, eternal kingdom. Except a man be born again. Born from above. Born from above. Is what that verse means. Except a man be born from above. He cannot see. He cannot enter into. God's eternal, heavenly kingdom. And. In verse 4, Nicodemus equates the words of Jesus with the earth, giving it an earthly meaning. What man thinks, away from what God had said. You know, millions today seek to change their lives through earthly means, man-made doctrines. 
dogmas and beliefs, all of which have been added to the simple words of Jesus in Scripture. He must be born from above. The new birth was something which is obtained only from above. If I receive this new birth from above, it follows that I cannot do anything of the earth to receive it. It is from above. That is why the scripture says quite clearly in many, many passages. Ephesians 2 verse 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3.5 Not by works of righteousness which ye have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 1.23 being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. We look at, we see what Jesus had to say about this further on, about being earthly, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and so on. But then Jesus says to Nicodemus, when Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now many will tell us, that born of water in this verse means baptism. We'll look at that in a moment. But first, I would say just a few points. The trouble nowadays is, the trouble with mankind is, man likes to think that he can do something to help God in the work of salvation. That work has already been completed through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the finished work of Christ at Calvary. Now, a human birth is but one event. Similarly, the new birth, being born from above, is one event. One event fulfilled by God on a penitent sinner. But there are two inseparable aspects which are a complete unity but displayed as a cleansing from sin and a transforming of our heart all from above. It is not the result of an earthly water baptism and a separate work of the Spirit from above. My new birth 
is entirely the work of God from above. I want to repeat what G.H. Lang has to say on this point of cleansing and transforming. These are indicated in the double term water and spirit. Except a man be born of water and spirit, Jesus said. These are indicated in the double term water and spirit. The oneness of the process being shown in the Greek by there being no article before either word and by both being governed by one and the same preposition. Therefore both must be taken in the same sense either literally or figuratively. For when two words of the same clause are joined by a copulative, that's by an and, joined by a copulative and governed by the same preposition, it is impossible to take one of them in a literal and the other in a figurative signification. The construction is very frequent in the New Testament and I know of no exception to this rule. What he's saying is that water and spirit is one operation. Two things take place within that one operation. We are cleansed and we are filled with God's Holy Spirit when we are born again. Born of water and of the Spirit. The Book of Common Prayer takes the view mentioned that this refers to water baptism. Water baptism is never expressed by water only without some additional word or context which shows that the ordinance of water baptism is intended. Nor has baptism any regenerating influence in it. None. A person may be baptized and yet not born again. Simon Magnus in the book of Acts was an example of this. And it is so far from having any virtue to saving the soul. Though submission to it is necessary in order to obey the Lord's command to be baptized. Yet it is not necessary to to gain eternal life and salvation. Such a mistaken sense of this text seems to have given rise to the practice of infant baptism in many churches. Taking these words in the wrong sense concluded that their children must be baptized or they could not be saved. What baptism is here referred to? Can't be believer's baptism. That hadn't come in. Couldn't be John's baptism. Because we have Acts 19 and it happened in the time of Apollos when he was at Corinth, Paul was passing through the higher parts to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. 
He said to them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said to him, We did not so much as hear whether the Holy Spirit is. And he said unto them, Then to what were you baptized? And they said, To John's baptism. And Paul said, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should receive into him coming after him, that is, into Jesus Christ. And hearing they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They'd never heard of believers' baptism. And Paul baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the baptism of John was not believers' baptism. The Book of Common Prayer takes this view and mentions the baptism of our Lord as if it refers to believers' baptism. There's an awful lot more we could say about this whole subject. But the most important thing I want us to take away from this little talk this morning is that Nicodemus came to Jesus. Man needs to come bow at the feet of Jesus at the foot of the cross of Calvary realizing that they are sinners accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross and become born again from above by a work from God representing the cleansing and the filling of our lives cleansing from sin and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit into our lives we need to get the message out as Jesus said ye must be born again that was the message of Jesus and it also should be our message to a lost world today Amen